let's get ready to study God's Word. to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your mercy to us, your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Please grant unto us wisdom and understanding and help that this study will be profitable to all. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Lessons from Acts Chapter 10. Lessons from Acts Chapter 10. Now, if we don't know... Acts chapter 10 is the vision that, well, it's not the vision. Acts chapter 10 is the account of Cornelius and Peter and the conversion of Cornelius and his family. Okay, we're going to read parts of it here. Many people think that this chapter is about food because... There is a section in here that seems to be about food, but let's go through it. Starting in verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. I didn't read our passage for the study. We're going to get to it. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, that would be about three o'clock in the afternoon, an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. Okay, so the first thing we learn is that God is interested in everyone. He listens to the prayers of everyone, even people whose theology isn't all squared away. Okay? And we'll express, we will um, deal with that here in a second. So Peter is on this rooftop and he's hungry. He's waiting for the food to be ready. And he sees heaven open. Verse 11 says, And saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. 
wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. This happens three times. Peter rejects the instruction three times. Peter knows who he's talking to because he says, Not so, Lord. He knows who he's talking to. Why does Peter reject the counsel of God to him, an instruction that God gave to him? Because he knows that God is not going to violate his own written instructions. He knows that the scriptures, that what the scriptures say, God is not going to break. And so he knows that he's not supposed to eat those things. He knows clear as day that that's what the scripture says. And he refuses to, to violate that, even though he's pretty sure that it's God who's speaking to him. This is an important consideration, especially as we live in these end times. People will come at you, ministers of the gospel, preachers, etc. People will come at you and suggest all sorts of things that God told them to tell you. But God has already told us in his word how he wants us to operate. And to the extent that you get instructions about direct instructions you were given, it's one thing for someone to come to you and tell you something new and different that doesn't conflict with anything you've already heard. But for someone to come and give you conflicting info, Peter did not eat. He rejected it. And in fact, when it's finished, verse 19 says, While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. When Peter finishes this vision, he does not know the meaning yet. He hasn't eaten, but he does not know the meaning. Okay? So for all of those who insist that this is about food, when the vision is finished, Peter is still not sure what the vision means. But he's pretty sure that he wasn't going to eat that because he rejected it three times. The Holy Spirit comes and tells Peter something, tells him, I've sent some people to you. Go with them. Don't doubt. Now, what's interesting is that the Holy Spirit plans to do something big, but even his apostle, he can't tell him straight away because his apostle has his mind rooted in uh, bigotry and, and you know just what they had grown up with, where the Jews felt that they were super special and couldn't interact with anybody else. And so here the Lord is working with Peter, but moving him at a pace that will get him where the Lord needs to get him. God is patient with us. Even when his chosen people are all messed up, God is still patient. So now Peter comes down, speaks to them. They say that they, they give him, they tell him what the deal is, that Cornelius, a just man, one that feareth God, was warned by God of a holy angel to send for thee to his house and to hear words of thee. Okay, so he gets them lodged there. And in the morning, they go. And Peter takes with him some brethren. Another lesson. When you're going to deal with something, it's always good to have witnesses. It's always good to have witnesses. In this case, Peter took six. Okay, so Peter and six other brethren went with him. It's always good to have witnesses. So when they get there, 
the morrow after, right? So they left tomorrow and then they're going to get there the following day. The morrow after they entered into Caesarea, this is verse 24, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. Cornelius took it seriously what the angel had told him. Not only did he send for Peter, not only did he exercise faith in that, that Peter was going to return, he gathered together his friends and relatives. Verse 25, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. Obviously, the man's theology is not on point, but God knows that. I mean, that's why God is sending an apostle there to instruct him in the ways of righteousness. God knows that his theology isn't altogether, but God has no respect of persons. He respects those that fear him and work righteousness. Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. Now, Peter has gone into the house because this Holy Spirit said, I sent them, go with them, nothing doubting. So he goes in there, but listen to what he's going to say. Verse 28. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. That's what Peter understands with the vision, and he understands it now while he's standing in front of them. This vision is not about food. Therefore came I unto you without gain, saying, as soon as I was sent for. I ask you, therefore, for what intent have ye sent me? Now Cornelius is going to go and say the same thing again. So now we're going to get Luke telling us in the book of Acts as the narrator. Then we get the word of the... Of the uh, the servants of Cornelius, the three men that were sent. And now we're going to get Cornelius himself telling us, I sent for thee, thou hast done well that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Okay, so whatever God tells you to tell us, that's what we're here to hear. Awesome. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. This is our memory verse 34 and 35. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Right? So God knows that, that Peter, his apostle, has some things that he needs to get over. God is moving with him at a certain pace. God knows that Cornelius doesn't have all the instruction. Cornelius has, has, Cornelius has had access to a certain amount of light, and he has been living up to that light. God knows. There are lots of things that God knows. There are lots of things that God knows. But what's important is what God does. God takes this man that is that fears him and is living righteously according to what he does know. And he associates him with his church. He gets him to send for a representative of Christ's established church in order that he may become, that Cornelius may become integrated into the church. Okay. But the Holy Spirit knows that the Jews are a little slow. They've had all these years of baggage that they have to get over. And so he does one more thing. 
There's one more important thing. So now Peter's preaching. And he's explaining about Jesus of Nazareth. The Holy Ghost anointed him with power. And, and he did all these things. God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly. He keeps going. And then in verse 44, it says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Obviously, the circumcision which believed means the Jews that are now Christians. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so these folks are astounded that the Gentiles get the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. They needed more instruction. Right? He can't just come here, give one sermon and go home. They need some instruction. So they ask him to stay a while. And Cornelius is going to put him up in his home. And he's going to preach the word of God to them and give them instruction and put them in a position to, to live a, a fulfilling Christian life. Look at what the Holy Spirit did. This is the only place in the Bible where this happens. This is the only place in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit falls upon someone before water baptism is done to them. In all the other instances, water baptism came first. But here, God knew that these brethren were not going to get it. They're over here astonished. They're over here astonished that the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on them. Wait till Peter gets back in chapter 11. The brethren there are going to be astonished that the Gentiles are to be saved at all. Okay? God knew that they weren't ready for it. And he knew that giving instruction was going to be hard. But he certainly knew that if he manifested the power of the Holy Spirit upon those brethren, that Peter, at the very least, would say, hold on, <laughs> hold on now. God has already worked what God is going to work. Who are we to say, well, we can't water baptize you because that's not, you know, you're not a Jew or... No. That's why Peter says right here, can any man forbid, given what you've just seen, who is bold enough to say that we can't water baptize them? No one. To summarize, Acts chapter 10 is not about food. It's not about food. It certainly has a parable of food in the middle of it, but it's not about food, an object lesson. God, at the end of the day, only cares about whether or not we're going to cooperate with him. right? And I mean that in the sense that it's not about whether we're rich, poor, whether we have um, what kind of heritage, what background, what education, what gender, what nationality, what intellect, what wealth. None of those matter. All that matters is, do we fear the Lord and are we trying to live according to his will? That's what the Lord finds great joy in, right? 
That's why there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Because that's someone turning their life around. God also knows that sometimes his people are slow. And God will do everything that is necessary to get those people to wake up. But he didn't force the matter on on Peter. He didn't try to tell Peter, it's time for you to baptize a non-Jew. No. No. He got Peter to agree to go. He sent him and said, I'm sending you, don't doubt. When Peter got there and asked what they wanted, Peter began to preach. Peter probably thought he was already in enough trouble being in the house of a Gentile. But he began to preach. And then the Lord poured out the Holy Spirit upon them. And Peter realized, yeah, God is intends to treat these people exactly like us. Yeah. God sometimes has to move with his people slower than I imagine he would prefer to move because he knows we are slow and he's willing to help us get to that proper place. We need, when we are working with others and doing Bible studies and so forth, we need to have the kind of patience God has. I'm not saying that you should not care. We know the end of all things is right at hand. But God knows the time. God can preserve people. We need to work within God's time and not be trying to push things along any faster than that. What we have to do is recognize that people aren't just going to hear the truth and suddenly accept it. There's a lot more that goes into that. There, people can be struggling with different things. There can be impacts on people based, of, based on their upbringing, etc. We have to be gracious, kind, and pray that the Lord will work on the heart so that the person can make the move, make the decision that is necessary. Acts 10, 34 and 35 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience, especially that which was manifested here. Please bless us, Lord. Keep us protect us. Help us that we will meditate on your word. Help us that we'll be willing to share with others. When time shall be no more, please save us in your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom Podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please remember our ministry in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.